Police find a wrecked car just off the highway down a steep embankment. There's blood around, but no driver to be found. Just hours earlier, two worried parents were wondering when their son would be home. And now, he was missing, seemingly without a trace. Was this the case of a young man ending his own life? Or is there something more to the story? This week's episode is Bryce Lespisa. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. I'm gonna kill you. How are you? I'm I'm okay. It's been a week. Wow. You know, it's been a it's been a tough week for everybody. Let's just address it and for all of our international listeners, we're in Texas. We're yeah. about uh a couple hours away. Six hours away, would you say? From El Paso. From El Paso. Mm-hmm, about six. Where there's an I'm sure you can't Terrible keep up with how many shooting. mouse shootings there are. It just in the past week, I believe there's been three. Yes. Two on the same day. Yeah. I believe that's correct. I have no comment. It's just, I mean. Yeah. Um, he was, and the shooter was from Allen, which is not too far from Dallas. So. A suburb north of Dallas. Yeah. A friend of ours lost two loved ones. In the El Paso. In the shooting. Yeah. Left behind several children. So our hearts go out to. Just everybody. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. Something has to be done. Uh thoughts and prayers do not work hey everybody vote for people that will do something and enact change when the election comes up this year local, we're not going to get pol- too much more political than that there you go local state national just everything vote. matters yes everything matters and especially people's lives matter i think so so uh you know help them out yeah <laughs> I mean, help your fellow person out. You and I both had this conversation that I don't know if it was on the air. We talk a lot. We talk a lot when when we get right before we start recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When then we hit the record, but that we both everywhere we go look for exits. Mm -hmm. We do. Which wouldn't it be super dope if we didn't have to do that anymore? I I think so. It would also be super dope if I didn't wake up at three a.m. every night in a panic. And then just have racing thoughts and anxiety for hours over my daughter growing up in a world like this. That would be so nice for you to get to sleep throughout the yeah. night. Yeah, where there aren't Kevlar backpacks are a thing now. That's a thing now. They are a thing. Every, I mean, they are. It's back to school, and that is a thing on shelves at REI and other sports equipment stores. Because they're necessary. Describe what my face looks like. <laughs> you look like a fish that just got a hook in its mouth. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, it's just... my face. <laughs> I didn't know a that was a fish. thing. Yeah. <sighs> yep. It's it's real bad, you guys. It's real bad. I don't have the mental capacity or the emotional capacity or the time to like argue on Facebook. No, I. I told you before we started for the past few days, I've kind of been 
social media silent because I just can't with yeah. people. Mm-hmm. I've posted a couple of things. And if I do post, sometimes I'll just post and that's it. Oh. I'm not like scrolling or looking at stuff. Mm-hmm. And had to had to unfriend a couple people. You know, it's always good to clean house. I I love the mute button. I love so good. the unfollow unfollow button or oh, yeah. the snooze button. But some people just straight up deserve to be oh, unfriended. Yeah. Someone from someone just said the most dumbass thing. I won't even repeat it. And had recently tried to sell me multi level marketing uh, mm. weight loss. Well, then products. you know they're a dumbass. <laughs> so she was out. I was like, first you call me yeah. fat, and second of all, you insult my intelligence with this uh, Facebook uh, junk that you're writing. Mm. So I was like, that's a that's a auto defriend. Yeah, you don't have to do a three strike policy on that. That's a two strike. <gasps> and you know what? I remember her from high school, and she was dumb back so then. So she really did have three yeah. strikes then. Yeah, oh, that's good. Wow. Well, we'll try to be funny. <laughs> you know this. I'll tell you what, another thing that's been keeping me up at night is this week's subject matter. You know, I didn't know about this. So call I me didn't stupid. either. And we had a listener request. Yes, it was a listener suggestion in the Patreon Facebook group from Sarah Levy Wetmore. She suggested this. I said, I'm not familiar with that. And then she said, Get ready to go down a rabbit hole. She was not wrong. And a rabbit hole, I did fall down. This is, we appreciate our Patreon patrons because we get uh, a lot of good ideas. So, I mean, I think the past two episodes have been from that Facebook group. Yes. And we got to talk about that. We were just on a podcast panel. Yeah, we were. We do want to shout out Badass Ladies of DFW. It is a women's empowerment group that is meant to connect entrepreneurs, business owners, business, you know, artists, artists, marketing, any sort of professional woman connect you together and and just basically empower each other mm-hmm. through inspiration but then also through networking connections yes. and if you know you own a business and say oh i need to rebrand and you want a female owned business to help you with that that way you can support the facebook group is so supportive ladies. sandy diaz haley who started it is one of my new favorite people she's amazing she's a listener and sandy we love you shout and we out loved being a part of the panel it was and so much fun she said at the podcast panel it was the two-year anniversary of when she had gotten laid off from mm-hmm. her last job and since that time she took this kind of sad you know some people would think of it as a setback thing and what does carrie fisher always say take your broken heart and make it into art she's mm-hmm. made it into this like yeah. amazing supportive group Good so we her. were lucky to be on the panel with a, a couple other podcast hosts just talking about talking shop so yeah and we we had some awesome uh, future podcasters in the audience come yes. up and talk to us. So thanks for everybody that came. And uh, we hope to. Uh, Tommy filmed a lot of it. And we're currently working on getting that together. And it will be up on our Patreon as well. Yes, he got a lot of good footage. So so if you're interested in starting a podcast or just like behind the scenes stuff, it, I think you'll find it very interesting. Yes, he got a lot of good footage. So, yeah. Well, cool. this. Yeah. Like you said, this topic that Sarah recommended you know, neither one of us knew about it. And did not. it has, I am a sucker. One of the questions that Sandy asked us before the panel was your top three creepiest episodes you've done. Yes. And what was so interesting is we each had totally different ones. Correct. Mine are all, I realized my pattern is ones where they are not answered. Mm. The Lost Girls of Panama. Yes. Elisa Lamb. Mm-hmm. Didn't you say, um, not Ben McDaniel. Did you say Ben McDaniel? Ben McDaniel. Yeah, Ben McDaniel. Also, that one's just a fun you know, episode. We all know number 13. <laughs> but any of them where 
you you're left with all these questions yes. and you don't know what happened if there was a perpetrator what those are the ones that keep me up at night yours were all very violent crime based that's what m- makes me have nightmares yeah i also have nightmares of those but as far as what sticks with me the most it's these types where it's just a mystery gone without a trace yes like mm-hmm. those are the ones that keep me up at night yeah the, well and these are it's similar to one of the cases that billy jensen does in his book that i was yes. been listening to where they just can't find someone yeah. but you know through facebook now it seems like in the last like three or four years there's a lot of targeted ads that you can do and mm. use facial recognition and stuff like that so who knows maybe this case will they'll make some strides in this case uh based on new technology maybe well i'm christy i'm heather So let's get into it. This week we are talking about Bryce Laspisa and his disappearance. Let's get into it. Bryce Laspisa was born to Mike and Karen Laspisa in Illinois on April 30th, 1994. The family of three lived in the quaint Chicago suburb of Naperville until Bryce graduated from Naperville High School in 2012. After that, the Laspisa family relocated to Laguna Niguel, California, and Bryce began classes at Sierra College in Rockland, California. Yeah, I lived in Chicago. I went to Naperville. Guess guess what restaurant I drove all the way to Naperville to go to? That Italian one you love so much? <laughs> Arby's. CC's. CC's. <laughs> in Chicago. I like how Ar- I, Arby's, I honestly felt in my heart it was going to be Arby's. <laughs> you just say it. Your eyes got big. You're very hopeful. <laughs> no, I don't know why. I just wanted trash. This was before I knew I couldn't I get have it. gluten. And mm. at the time, I just, in Chicago, of course, has the most amazing pizza. I'm a Giordano's. You said, fuck it. I'm going to CC's. <laughs> Chicago, who is probably, arguably, the U.S. city best known for pizza. <laughs> And you said, where's the CCs? Yes. And how long will it take me to get there? I had to get my pizza Olay, <laughs> which is the taco pizza. Yeah. Oh, I know. God, CCs. CCs is good if you just want trash pizza God. that for $5 what or whatever it, it is. Do you want a lot of okay pizza or a medium amount of good pizza? <laughs> They're like, a medium amount of good pizza. He's like, well, that's not what I got. So <laughs> it's like, sorry. I mean, we used to go there after football games on Friday nights. In high school? Oh, the good old mosquito yeah, CCs. Nice. My parents used to go, this is the most successful CCs franchise in America. Oh, is it? How did they know? I, I think they talked to the owner. They were there all the time. <laughs> oh, so they kept them in business. Oh, probably. And they had like a senior special. As If CCs isn't cheap enough, the elderly get an even larger <laughs> so discount. 50 cents. All the pizza you <laughs> it's can just eat. Free. Just <laughs> they as much just give pizza. it to you. <laughs> yes. Please get we have so much of it. That what's the what's the place in Dallas now that's kind of a fancy It's called Deluca. Yeah. Which this is such a trash thing. I was with all my fancy coworkers including like a very fancy partner. This guy knows like every type of fancy wine. He's like met celebrities. He's genius at what he does, but then also is just very classy dude. <laughs> Like sitting there, and he's like, oh, I'll have another slice of pizza. Let's have some wine. And I go, this is like a fancy season. That's exactly what but, I but said. where you don't have to actually stand up, they bring it to you. I was like, it's even better. We, my entire table, I was there recently for uh, two friends' birthday parties. They're a married couple. And at my table, we were like, 
this is just a CC's, yes. but fancy. And for a gluten-free person like myself, they let you choose two of their pizza flavors, and then they just make you a whole pizza. That's awesome. And I kept then, telling Tommy to do that because my one complaint was they did not have a lot of vegetarian options. Oh, okay. And it would be like five pizzas would come around before they would bring Margarita the, or the, pe- the cheese back. And I was like, just tell – I go, Heather got them to bring her a pizza. Tell them you just yeah. want your own cheese pizza. And then they brought me my own dessert pizza – at oh CZ's, God, they would call so it a dessert. There were so many dessert pieces. See, I can only I can pick one. So my dessert. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. Which sounds like you exerted yourself while it pissing. Sounds like a, a different word for a queef. Yeah. Well, me and my brother-in-law can't stop laughing about Pazuki at BJ's Brew House, which is a pizza cookie. Oh, I've had it. It's delicious. They make a gluten-free one, but Pazuki sounds like yeah. number three. It's where you yeah. piss into yeah. at the same time. It's yeah. a number two. You're not going one or two. You're going three. Yeah. But they, uh, yeah, at DeLuca, they brought me a whole pizza and it was a Nutella pizza. That was Tommy's so favorite. Oh, it was so good. We took it a step further, though, and said they should have Xbox with, like, leather sofas. Because, you know, at CC's you uh, had, like, the Pac-Man Oh, that's true. Table game. Like the arcade. Yeah, they mm-hmm. should really up it. But then Tommy was like, because I said CC's has been around since the early 80s. Since I was a baby child. Yeah. yeah. How... Is it just now this is a thing? A fancy CC's How did we not think of this? And Tommy said somebody at that CC's meeting, they had two directions to go. (laughs) And they chose the CC's direction. You know what? Maybe it's owned by CC's. We don't know. Maybe it's like, because you know that Motel They should call it Shishi. Very bougie. Shishi. (laughs) But Motel 6 is owned by Sofitel. So they have like fancy hotels and... You know what? You're you're uh, yeah. premium motels, but it's on you know it's barbell system. So maybe there's a CC's in Deluca. Man, we talked about pizza for what feels like upwards of an hour. Thank you for sticking with us. Yes, oh, but pizza is real good. Sorry, man, that trip to Neighborville. I'm still thinking about that CC's. <laughs> well, Bryce was a gifted artist with an innate sense of creativity. He excelled in classes like industrial and graphic design. He was a good student and had a circle of friends. He stood at 5 feet, 11 inches tall, and had a shock of red hair that complemented his green eyes. Yeah, he was, by all accounts, you know, friendly, popular kid. Yeah. Very red hair. He is. It, you, you it is. Spot him shockingly in crowd. red. Yeah. We definitely. had a guy in high school that was like this. It was tall, redheaded, big green eyes. You just, he. Good combo. Red hair, green oh, eyes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty you combo. see him coming. It's like Jolene. I've been listening to a lot of Dolly Parton. Oh, nice. Sorry. Everything's a Dolly Parton reference. His mother claimed Rice could talk to her and his dad about anything and was, quote, an open book. He was described by friends as funny and charming and landed himself a girlfriend during his first year at Sierra named Kimberly Sly, whom he adored. All things are going well so far. Freshman year, get a girlfriend, have some friends. Bryce began his sophomore year of college in August of 2013 and was excited to be back at school after spending the summer at home with his parents. By all accounts, it was to be a normal year. However, just two weeks after he returned to college life, Bryce's mom, Karen, received a startling call from his roommate, Sean, regarding her son's behavior. Did you have college roommates? Yeah, several. Oh, really? Did you live in dorms or did you live in I lived, when I went to Texas Tech, I lived in a dorm Mm -hmm. with a friend from high school. Okay. That is the quickest way to hate each other. Yep. And then um, when I was at UNT, I had... Two roommates in an apartment, and mm-hmm. then I moved into a house with two other friends. So, well, yeah, similar. I had, had several, several roommates over several different years. I mean, and they see you day in and day out. And if you start acting a little strange, then 
They may call your parents. Mine probably would have been if I'd started acting normal. It would have been like, <laughs> something is very wrong. <laughs> they would be, for mine would be like, Heather is actually in her room. I was yeah. just like, never home. I wasn't either. Yeah. yeah I, I, especially like if, if I had a boyfriend or something, I was really home. According to Sean, Bryce's personality had suddenly changed after he'd stayed up one night drinking hard liquor and taking the ADHD medication Vyvanse. Bryce's girlfriend, Kim, was also concerned. She said Bryce had recently texted her, saying she would be better off without him. When Kim asked if he was breaking up with her, he replied yes. Wow. So he's sort of, that's, first of all, staying up all night, taking Vyvanse or Adderall, either one. Vyvanse is a slower release, but still an amphetamine. It's very powerful from what I've read. Oh, yes. Especially if you do not need it. Correct. And it's supposed to be less addictive than Adderall. And the way that the biochemistry is made up, you can't crunch it and snort it. You can't it's a pill. put you it in water. Swallow. Yeah, Adderall, you can crunch up and snort it. Oh, but... I know. Oh, sh- <laughs> oh, damn. I've done a lot of stupid things in my time. Damn. And that was one of the stupider things. How did it make you feel when you Like took... I was having a heart attack. So I took Adderall Terrible. because I have ADHD and I was like a zombie. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't need it. Yes. I was just being a I was very dumb calm. fuck. You know how I am and how I talk. And I'm like, when I was on it, I was like, did it make you feel more focused? Oh, 100 percent. I was at work and I said, I'm going to organize all these papers now. And I just sat there and organized the papers. And my boss came out and was like, what is what's going on? And I said, I'm getting the ticket booth organized. And she was like, who have you been body snatched? (laughs) She was like, why are you so quiet? And I was like, I don't know. My brain was only, my brain thinks about at least six things at once, and my brain was only thinking about one thing. But you didn't like that. It was silent. I, it was so sad and scary. It was an echo chamber. I hated it. But you could focus and get things done. Which... I can get things done now. <laughs> I can get like three things done at the same time. Man, it was wild. Some people like it, but I've tried to do more behavioral type modifications. Yeah, that's but good. just to show you what when you need it. Yeah. And then there's I read a Rolling Stone article. It was a real bummer about a guy that didn't need Adderall. And then I mean it it can it can cause suicidal urges. Oh, yeah. And it can br- I didn't really... have any of those, and it was no, only what, once. But it? I was up all night with uh, racing heart. racing heart. Just like wanted to go back in time so bad. <laughs> like just get it out of me. <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing you can do. Well, just this guy. It well, because you get uh, a build up in your system. And yeah. so the guy in the Rolling Stone article. So I mean, once you uh, take one, the next day you got to take two. The yeah. next day, you know, not the to next day, but eventually high again. Yeah. So it it makes it really builds up in them. It can do some. Don't take drugs unless you need them, guys. You know, that's that's just a good <laughs> just advice. Good, just good advice. Just good advice. <laughs> well, shortly after sending that text to Kim on August twenty eighth, two thousand thirteen, Bryce showed up at Kim's apartment in Chico, California, about ninety miles from his place. Kim was confused and heartbroken but also seriously worried about Bryce's current state. Like Bryce's roommate, she decided to call his mom to tell her he was acting erratic and shouldn't be driving. So that's two people that spend every day with this guy yeah. who start to get a feeling such that they feel it's necessary to call his mother. Have you ever called a friend's mother because no. you were concerned about them? No, I really, you know, I don't. That's never, interesting to me. I've never seen somebody, you know, I've never been in someone's presence that I think, oh man, they're bad. I can't think of ever calling someone's mother either. Mm-mm. I think I would have felt as if I were betraying them because I was ratting them out by doing something. I mean, unless you're like, he's about to but go. But that, off. yeah, it's very telling that these are college kids that are probably drinking and experimenting too. And they're so worried about their friend's mm-hmm. behavior because they're still just 19, 20. Mm-hmm. They, you would still think, 
they're under your mom's care. I will say point. I did have a, a woman that lived in the same dorm with me in like the same building. She wasn't like a roommate, but that we got to be, you know, okay friends or whatever. And she did exhibit what I have now have later found are signs of an eating disorder, like mm. very extreme anorexia. Yeah. And it did make me concerned that she, but I didn't ever call her parents. But then when we would be around her parents, she would kind of do things to make it seem like she was eating. But I mean, mm. I sure still noticed that she wasn't. Yeah. Uh, you never thought to. I didn't really call her parents because she wasn't like in bed sick, you know. And it, again, like you said, you feel like you're ratting them out. Yeah. So that's it's a tough one. So this, I think this Bryce fellow was behaving in such a fashion that both his girlfriend and his roommate felt compelled. Yes. Yeah. Karen would later say that after speaking with Bryce, she felt confident that he was okay to drive and that he didn't seem distraught or heartbroken over the breakup. Karen told Kim to hand Bryce the phone. Bryce reassured his parents that he was fine. However, Karen suggested that she fly up there the next day to see him. While Bryce told his mom there was no need for that, he added, I have a lot to talk to you about, but didn't elaborate further. At Karen's request, Kim reluctantly returned Bryce's keys to him, making him promise that he would call his mom the next day. He took off from Kim's place around 1130 p.m., and both Kim and Karen assumed he was headed home. When he called Karen just an hour and a half later at 1 a.m., he assured her he was fine, and she assumed he was safe in his bed. That was not the case. That's a parent's worst nightmare. You it think you know. Is. This entire story is a parent's worst mm-hmm. nightmare. I just think about my parents tracking me, you know, when I was in Chicago and say, call us when you get home, call us when you get off the bus, pre-iPhone days. Oh, where you could see where you're at yeah. all the time? According to cell phone pings on towers throughout California, Bryce had traveled south, past Kim's house, and away from his place near Sierra College. The following morning at 11 a.m., Karen received yet another alarming call, this time from her car insurance company, who informed her that Bryce was in need of roadside assistance. Your stomach drops. Yes. What's, you know, what's gone wrong? Although it's better than the cops calling you, I guess. Roadside, I would say, yeah. Yeah, roadside assistance. Roadside yeah, assistance maybe he's got a flat tire, a little fender bender or something. Panicked, Karen called Bryce's roommate to check in on him and was told Bryce had never made it back home after talking with Karen the night before. So, yes, your nightmare is now increasing. Do you think he's safe in his bed? Karen and Mike began searching for clues to locate Bryce's whereabouts. When they looked at their credit card statement, they noticed a $20 charge in the town of Buttonwillow, just a few hours from their house in Laguna Niguel. Now hopeful, Karen and Mike assumed Bryce was on his way home. Unable to reach Bryce on his cell phone, Mike called the business associated with the charge, Castro Tire and Truck. The owner, Christian, confirmed that he delivered three gallons of gas to a young man who was stranded on the side of the road at 9 a.m. that morning. Because it was now 11 a.m. and Bryce should have made it home by now, his parents, who just moments earlier were hopeful Bryce was on his way to them, now feared something may have happened to their son. Well, this, you know... It's a roller coaster ride of emotions. Yeah, right now. you get the call. Oh my God. Well, he was okay. I gave him gas. But where is he at now? And right. why didn't he call us and say, I ran out of gas? That's something. I mean, he's. I would have a lot of questions that I would want answered right yeah. now. Yeah. And as a college student, I would, I call my parents if I, you know, you let a fart, you call your parents, you know, right. like, call and say, oh, I, I think my favorite is I called and said, I think I have a staph infection on my thigh. I think I need to go to the doctor. And my mom said, text a picture to your cousin, Amy, who's a nurse, and I texted her a picture. And she just wrote back, that was a bruised dummy. <laughs> <laughs> but stuff like that where it's like oh my god like anything yeah. i was like oh my god i have to call my parents yeah i, just I still them. call my mom oh, about same. stuff yes same yeah 
But he seemed to just be rolling through the, the mountains, no, calling nobody. Hearing the concern in their voice, the shop owner offered to go back to the spot where he had helped Bryce to see if he was still there. To Christian's astonishment, Bryce was still sitting in his car three hours after initially receiving help. He told Bryce how worried his parents were and called them so they could speak to their son. That's a above and beyond for a tire shop owner. You know, he's probably a parent. I, yeah. I, and you just hear that concern and desperation in another parent's voice. And they're like, we're so far. Can you just yeah, do anything? Just, can you please go? And I would do the same thing. Good yeah. for him. Good for this man. If you live in Button Willow, please go see go Castro, give tire. Castro Tire and Truck some business. Bryce spoke to his mother on the phone. And after being asked what he was doing, he simply told her nothing. Confused yet relieved, Karen told Bryce to fill up the tank and head home to Laguna Niguel. Bryce then got gas at a local gas station and presumably headed towards his parents' house. Bryce was now expected to arrive home at 3 p.m. When he didn't show up, his parents began frantically calling his cell phone, but he wasn't picking up. It had now been six hours since anyone had heard from Bryce. Karen and Mike decided to call the Orange County Sheriff's Department and officially file a missing persons report. I mean, you'd have to. You can't. He's expected home at a certain time. You don't okay. see him. I here's where I'm going to start interjecting. You got a lot of hot takes. I have been legitimately angered by this case mm-hmm. for the simple fact that go get in your fucking car and drive to your son. There was no indication in mine or your research. Correct me if I'm wrong. That they were unable to leave the house, oh, no. that they only had one car, that they both had to work, that they had a physical. Even all of those are just excuses. Physical your son, disability. Something is going on with your son. You're bedridden. I've seen them both in interviews. They're perfectly healthy adults. Something. They just it's like they weren't said, getting in their we, car and going to find we have him. Babies at home. We can't let, you know. Again, all of that is just an excuse. If I found out my kid had been sitting. Weird. For three hours on the side of the road after receiving help from roadside assistance, after having gotten two calls from his friends saying he was behaving Weird. erratically, he was taking these drugs he shouldn't be taking, get in your fucking car and go find him. One of you stays at home in case he keeps trying to call or True. he shows up. Split the other one conquer. gets out in their car and drives to this place. He's been there for three hours. The chances are he's still going to be there when you get there. Or are you'll probably pass pretty him. High. Yeah, or you pass him on the highway. Yeah. Just sitting there? I, I don't... I, honestly, I don't understand. <sighs> the... When I had the weird attack, I told you when I took that Cipro antibiotic mm-hmm. and I was felt like my skin was crawling and I, I was not close. My parents live in Mesquite. It's probably 35 or 40 miles away from where I was. And I just parked my car and was like, my skin's crawling. I'm pulling off my acrylic nails and taking off my clothes. Like I was like having a weird reaction, which is a known reaction to this. They drove out. They got in the car and drove out. And yeah, of course. They didn't want to drive in rush hour traffic in Dallas, which is, you know, a punishment into itself. But, but their daughter was in need, yes. and they were going to help her. And they That's came and what parents do. Yeah, this is a interesting well, reaction. It's going to get a lot more interesting. Yeah, the police obtained an emergency ping order from AT and T that showed Bryce's cell phone was pinging off towers only eight miles away from the gas station where he filled up his tank. This meant Bryce had traveled a mere eight miles in the past nine hours. That's this is when it's even more erratic. Yes. Okay. Police went to check on him. When he was approached by deputies, Bryce showed no signs of being drunk or high and was, in fact, friendly, talkative, and alert. 
When they searched Bryce's car with his permission, they found nothing out of the ordinary. Deputies let him know that his family was worried and asked Bryce what he was up to. Bryce replied, "Just blowing off some steam. Well, he could at least get it together if he was behaving erratically, calm enough to talk to the police and, and soothe their concerns. Not wanting to face a worried mother, the cops told Bryce he needed to call his mom. They were surprised when Bryce hesitated. Instead, he asked, could the deputies call her for him and then put him on the line? They agreed, and after Bryce talked with his parents, deputies felt comfortable letting Bryce drive himself home. Okay, so now the cops have shown up. His parents have talked to the cops. There's a... ID Discovery has a series called Disappeared. They did an episode on this case called The Road to Nowhere, which I watched, and it interviews both of the parents. And Karen says... When he, she's talking to the cops, she says, is he okay to drive? And they assure her he is and everything. Who cares what they say? Your kid has been acting weird and sitting on the side of the road for six hours. Yeah, that's true. If he only drove eight miles in nine hours or something. I mean, that's... I would say to the cops, can you please keep him there or take him to the station? And I'll come I am him. on my way. I would not let him drive. People have... Two people have now said he shouldn't be driving. He's he's no there's no explanation for his behavior. He can't tell you what he's doing. Something isn't right. Yeah. And granted, they couldn't know that this would end how it ended. Uh, but but still, maybe some intervention would have prevented it. Something along the way, because they like you said, it's not that he was just trucking along and had a flat tire and now he's stuck. He only moved like eight miles yeah. in nine hours. That's bizarre. Very. And he didn't say, hey, mom and dad, I pulled over at the, uh, you know, I pulled over at a rest stop so I could sketch the mountains because it was so beautiful and I just needed to sit here. So like, what are you up to, buddy? Nothing. Yeah. It's like, Ugh. in another report, someone said he told her, I'm going to hang out with friends later. So w- whatever it is, mm-hmm. his behavior is not normal. Yeah. I would think, unless perhaps this is normal. For the parents, and they are just not being forthcoming. Well, and it's not. Well, I'm saying it's not like they're on the other side of the country. Of like, oh man, we're still in Illinois, and he's in California. It's really hard for us no, to get out there. No, there's no excuses. Yeah. Hours went by, and Bryce had still not arrived at his parents' house. Karen and Mike were frantic and called the only nearby person they could think of, Christian from Castro Tire and Truck. You know what, mechanic of the year. <laughs> Graciously, he agreed to check on Bryce at his last known location. Much to everyone's surprise, Bryce was still there. Come on. At this point, he had been in Buttonwillow for 13 hours. And And his parents still had not got in their car and fucking driven to him. It's so strange. We called the only person we could think of that was in the area. Either one of you could have been in. Both of you could have been in the area several times by now. They're like two hours from him. It's it would be if if you somebody was sitting in Austin. I'm having to put it not on even Waco a little bit past. Waco. Yeah. Yeah. You're in Frisco and they're in Waco. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that doesn't mean anything to anybody that doesn't live in Dallas, but it helps my brain. Well, it's two hours away. And if I got a call that you're in your mind, someone that you love is only two hours from you, which you would move mountains, which isn't even necessary. All you got to do is get in your car and drive. And for some reason, I'm missing something. They weren't. And in all of the things I saw, 
They never explain why. They didn't say, oh, man, we just, you know, we own our, we run our own business and we had to work or our mother was. No, they're sitting at home. On the deathbed and we had to be at the hospital in case she died. I'm legitimately mad right yeah, now. Yeah, my, I, I can't get past confusion to get to mad. Well, I'm, I'm just there. like, how? I don't, uh, I don't think the how matters. It's yeah. the fact that they, they just straight up, they didn't. straight up didn't. Yeah. They claim they're so worried and they're frantic and they're calling people. If you're that worried, do everything you can. Like you said, one can go and the other one. The police stay. have been there. Yeah. The police have been there at this point. Sure. Like that's who do you call when something's wrong? You call Christian from Castro Tire <laughs> yeah, and Truck. Barely you do. You call he can Christian save from Castro Tire and Truck. Anything you need done, call this man. If there's something strange in the neighborhood, who are you going to call? Christian, Christian from, from Castro, Castro Tire, Tire and Truck. Well, he went the extra step of letting Bryce follow him onto the highway so Bryce would not become lost. He's an angel. When they made it to the highway about a half hour later, Bryce was seemingly on his way home to his parents' house in Laguna Niguel. His GPS stated that he should arrive home at 3.25 a.m. So, the last time Karen spoke to her son was 11 p.m. the night before. Yes. It is now a couple hours before 3.30 in the morning. And she's just sitting at home. I just, it's so strange. I know I keep harping on this, but so does the internet. Yeah. Google anything about this. And like, everyone's like, what's wrong with you? Everyone's up in arms. They're like, that's one thing I can't explain is why they wouldn't have gotten their car and gotten done something. Went there. Yeah. Bryce had talked to his parents and reassured them he was on his way home. His parents called him frequently and prompted him for his location by asking for any recognizable landmarks nearby. But Bryce was vague and evasive, saying he was unable to see any signs. At 2.09 a.m., Bryce called his mom to tell her he was too sleepy to continue driving and would be pulling over to sleep for the night. At this point, he had been awake for between 30 to 36 hours. Guess I've been awake for 46 hours, two times in a row. So dumb. I'm sorry. All right, rude. <laughs> Dallas Comedy House is a thing called Sleep Deprived where seven strangers just who know each other from comedy. <laughs> seven non-strangers. Seven friends to 10. Depends on how many people get chosen. But we stay up. From 8 a.m. Friday morning, and then we do a show at 10 p.m. Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So you stay up between, um, it's almost 48 hours, right? No, it's 30, 38 hours or something, 42 hours, something like that. You, you just get, threw out a lot of numbers. I don't know. Well, we're banned from driving while yeah. we do it because it's not safe. Because you're at, I think it's something like after... Being awake for 22, 24 hours, you, it's the equivalent of having like three beers. It's more dangerous to drive sleep deprived than yes. drunk. And we're, and he's up 30 hours. So well beyond in a car in, in the mountains where he don't know where he's at and it's dark out. So as a sleep deprived person, I can, I can attest, you just get disoriented and you start just being like, I don't, I don't know, man, whatever. Well, when Bryce called his mom to tell her he was pulling over. Karen, in a later interview, told Bryce that this was a good idea. This would be the last time Karen would ever speak to her son. Okay, again, she's going to tell her kid, sleep it's in a your good car? idea to pull over. You would go get him. If he's pulling over to sleep in his car and all of this is going on, you don't just let him sleep in his car in a strange area. You, get, dangerous. you go get him. It's so stupid. <laughs> God, these fucking idiots. Jesus. I'm I, as a parent, I just can't it's wrap true. my head around this. I think I can only think of it from the, the perspective of a kid. Not that I'm still a kid, but you know, if I, my mom would come get me. 
Or she would send my brother-in-law to come get me or my sister, you know? Right. They well, would, it, would, it wouldn't just be like, oh, just take your time and sleep on the side of the road. You'll be fine. I think the fact that they didn't go get him is very telling. Interesting. The next morning around 8 a.m., Karen and Mike's worst fears came true. They answered a knock at their door and found themselves face-to-face with a California Highway Patrol officer. He asked the pair if they were the owners of a tan 2003 Toyota Highlander. They confirmed that they were and had given it to their son to drive. The officer told Lilith's pieces that earlier that morning, around 5.30 a.m., just three hours after talking with their son, Bryce's car was found near Castaic Lake, seemingly abandoned, just off an access road that led to the state recreation area. Off that road was a 25-foot embankment, where Bryce's car had been found at the bottom, crashed, and on its side. So now you are completely beside yourself well i'm sure you're like oh god this is what i I would imagine there's a lot of guilt that you're feeling yes that's exactly what you worried would happen has now happened although bryce's belongings including his laptop phone and wallet were located in or near the car bryce was nowhere to be found his unzipped duffel bag was found just outside the car leading police to believe he had taken something with him his blood was inside the car but not enough to indicate any serious or life-threatening injury Even more bizarre, the back window of the SUV had been shattered, and evidence indicated it was broken from the inside out. This is interesting to me, that he not only survived, but was obviously physically able enough to kick out or punch out a back window. That cannot be easy. Of an SUV. I've never done it, but I imagine it's very difficult. Yeah. I mean, you see in, you know, on internet videos Unless it was already maybe shattered a bit from the impact. Cracked or something. That's true. That may make it easier. But still, that is after... I saw on the the, the show I watched, it shows where this happened. And there's a big cell tower, a dirt service road that leads up to it. And then looking out over that is this gorgeous lake. But because of the way it looks, it looks like it's just a drop straight into the lake. But really, it's a 25-foot drop down a grassy hill mm. straight down to another dirt road below it. And then another that's where he fell down. Thousand... About 1,200 yards or so to the lake from there. Okay, so it's pretty far from the lake. Yeah. Okay. Well, evidence also showed that Bryce had accelerated as he drove off the service road, down the embankment, and toward the lake. A nearby cell tower and foliage create a sort of optical illusion, causing the lake to appear to be much closer than it actually is. Based on the location of the vehicle, investigators concluded that Bryce's actions were deliberate and that he had most likely been trying to kill himself. Because I would think if you start to drive off an embankment, even if you're sleep deprived and sleepy, you would uh, like natural. Yeah, you'd you'd break. You'd break. Naturally. He did not. He accelerated. Immediately, the police launched a massive search for the missing college student. Not only did law enforcement personnel come out in huge numbers, but volunteers, divers, cadaver dogs and rescue crews took to searching by car, on foot, using ATVs and even helicopters for any sign of Bryce in the surrounding area. Coffee shops and local stores also helped, allowing volunteers to set up base camps inside. Police utilized bloodhounds to track Bryce's path once he broke out of the car and made his way away from the wreckage. The trail took the dogs across a dam on Castaic Lake, then south toward a nearby truck stop. The scent went cold at the truck stop, causing speculations that Bryce took off walking from the crash, hitched a ride with a trucker, and disappeared. Now we saw this. I'm telling you, in our disappearing or unexplained disappearance mm-hmm. episodes, 
Where, with the skier? Yes. Multiple people would have head injuries and yeah. just wander off and get into a car with somebody. You suffer amnesia or mm-hmm. a concussion. You're confused, disoriented. Maybe you don't know who you are. And if he just took off walking and saw light in the distance and just walked to the light. You right. Know. After 48 hours of searching, there was still no sign of Bryce. Officers also searched for any witnesses who may have seen someone matching his description, but came up empty-handed. However, investigators did make a possibly telling discovery. At 2.15 a.m., just six minutes after Bryce last spoke with his mother, a camera on Lake Hughes Road, a long and winding road near Castaic Lake, captured Bryce's car going up the road. The same camera then captured Bryce up the road again at 4.29 a.m. Because Lake Hughes Road is so long, it takes a while to make it back to the main road, making it very odd for Bryce to be going back up a second time. I can't explain this. I think he was circling looking for a a dive-off point. Yeah, or getting the courage to do it. Wow. On the Investigation Discovery Series, Disappeared, Road to Nowhere, Karen Laspisa said of her son driving on Lake Hughes Road. That's not normal behavior. None of this is normal behavior. I think so. This isn't normal behavior. Now you're going to say this All is normal behavior? All that stuff from behavior? before with the girlfriend, with the roommate, with the, yeah, this, this kid was, I think, crying for help. I would say so, yes. And unfortunately, his calls were not being answered. Over the next few weeks, law enforcement and Karen and Mike received numerous tips to the whereabouts of Bryce, but nothing led them to finding their son. Mike and Karen contacted the media and spread awareness with missing persons flyers, Hoping Bryce was still in the area where he was last seen or that someone had witnessed something that could help bring him home, they got a billboard near the lake asking for any information. They tried anything they could do to help find their missing son. Well, the billboard might be helpful because that's kind of the last place he would seen. And if there was a trucker that maybe picked him up, mm-hmm. then hopefully they would see that. Those missing person billboards always really affect me when I'm driving on the highway. Same. Or the ones where it's a mugshot and it says murder. Yeah. Wanted or, for murder. Or this person has been murdered. That's, yeah. The one where those four girls were murdered on the highway and they didn't have any clues yeah. and they erected one. In interviews, they maintained Bryce sounded normal and talkative on their last call with him. They also suspected foul play or some other issue, as Bryce had been in an unfamiliar area near Castaic Lake and was not one to hitchhike or even enjoy outdoor activities. I mean, same. (laughs) If I go missing in the forest, it's because someone forced me there. I'm not out for a fun hike. Well, yeah. I I think uh, anyone, if you're in the forest under these conditions, was not there because they wanted to be. Yeah. A few weeks later, on September 4th, 2013, his parents feared the worst when a jogger reported a brush fire near where the car had crashed. Three miles from the location of Bryce's accident, a body was found burning in the woods. DNA tests were conducted, and much to their relief, it was not their son, but a victim of a Los Angeles area homicide. You know that your stomach just sinks. You're like, this is it. Police searched for Bryce for three weeks, at which point search efforts were called off. Although the investigation was ongoing, officers had no new leads. Eventually, after months of no updates, the Laspisas got tired of waiting and decided to take matters into their own hands. With no new information from the police, Mike and Karen hired private investigator Denise Savistano, who offered to take the case for free. She found that Bryce had actually plugged his parents' address into the GPS in his car. Savistano theorized that much like other cases of reported missing persons, Bryce had unintentionally crashed, suffered a head injury, then wandered, confused, to the truck stop, 
She also suggested Bryce may have suffered a psychotic break from his misuse of ADHD medication. I would think that one private detective, maybe I'm wrong, may not be able to find as much as an entire police force at the initial time of the search. I get it, though, that that's somebody that you want to call when the search gets called off. Yeah, I I would agree. But I think if you're not getting any answers, I would also want to take matters into my own team to feel like I was doing something. The next natural step. Right. Wanting to be sure that Bryce had not died by suicide in the lake, the Las Pisas and Savastano hired a sonar specialist to search a part of the lake police did not cover, called Government Cove, that has parts as deep as 300 feet. Using sound waves on the lake bottom to detect any human remains, the search spanned two days, 12 hours each day, but nothing of consequence was found. They're nessieing it up, hitting it with the sonar. Didn't find Nessie, didn't find him either. This is a big lake, too, with a lot of, like, feeder lakes around it as well. That would, and Government Cove. We know you're not going to find anything there. You know what? Covered up. It's all covered up. (laughs) So why would a seemingly happy young man's personality and mental state suddenly change so drastically? When investigators interviewed Bryce's friends and classmates, a disturbing picture began to emerge. The once-driven student had begun behaving strangely at the start of his sophomore year a few weeks earlier. He was mixing the ADHD medicines he was taking with hard liquor, and lots of it. They said he was drinking, like, two bottles of Jack Daniels a weekend. That's a lot. That makes me sick to think about. Mm -hmm. Your stomach's just going to be sloshing and full. ADHD medications are strong and can be addictive, especially when taken by someone who does not suffer from ADHD. According to some studies, the powerful ADHD drug Adderall can induce psychosis, and there is even one report of a college student at Vanderbilt in Nashville dying after misusing the drug. However, Mike and Karen continued to insist that Bryce had been fine and showed no signs of an addiction. The problem when your student or your child is off at college is you can't see him every day. So if he comes home for three days here and there or a weekend and is behaving normally. Right. Or even lives an entire summer with you, you hide it. Yeah. You can just hide it. Yeah. Go stay with a friend. Teenagers are real good at hiding stuff. Yes. Addicts are even better at hiding stuff. Yes. Especially if it's you desperately want to do it and you know the price for being caught will mean that you don't get to do it anymore. Sure. Easily they're going to hide it. Even more disturbing, Bryce had begun giving away his valuable possessions to friends, including his Xbox and a pair of diamond stud earrings given to him by his mother. This is often a common warning sign that a person is considering taking their own life. That's true. If he starts to give away things like, well, I won't need this anymore. Could mean he was considering taking his own life or just leaving his life. Leaving it all behind. So what are the theories behind what may have happened? Did Bryce take his own life that night? Some believe this is the case, as evidenced by his behavior in the preceding weeks. Additionally, investigators point to tire tracks in the car's position that showed Bryce accelerated toward the lake volitionally. However, this theory falls apart when one considers that Bryce's body was never found and he clearly walked away from the accident. Is it possible that he walked into the nearby lake and succeeded in taking his own life? His parents don't think so, as they refuse to accept that Bryce was suicidal and searches of the lake produced no signs of a body. What do you think? Do you think it was suicide, or do you want to wait till the end? I'm going to wait till the end. Okay, we'll wait. But I also think this isn't a a good theory, because the dogs tracked him to the truck stop. So they know he didn't jump in the lake. Yeah. At the very least, he made it to the truck stop. Bryce's family, as well as private investigator Denise Savistano, 
believe, like some of the cases we covered in our Unexplained Disappearances episode, that Bryce suffered a head injury in the crash, which led to amnesia. Several cases have been reported where someone suffers a head injury, for instance while skiing, then simply walks away, leaving behind their valuables with no memory of who they are or where they are from. That is a thing that happens. It's very much a thing that happens. So that is that is a possibility. And it's not full, you know, it's not totally understood, but it's not just a thing in soap operas. I think it's a, more prevalent than one would think, but not as prevalent as that girl in my high school. Did I tell you about that girl that faked amnesia in my high school? Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. She was dating this guy. He broke up with her on a Friday. <laughs> And she just pretended to not remember he, which is George Costanza's. Yes. Costanza's well, she came it. in on Monday and she kissed him and he's like, what are you doing? And she said, I was in a car accident over the weekend and I hit my head and I don't remember anything that happened before Friday. <laughs> he's like, uh, and she's like, anyway, babe, are we going to the dance? <laughs> Much like a, you know, a teenage boy just went, oh, okay. <laughs> he didn't hold, stick to his guns? <laughs> no. And he, if it would be like, bullshit, you didn't get into a crash. But he just went, well, you know, what am I going to do? Dump her again? She got in a car accident. She has amnesia. Everyone's like, dude, she doesn't have amnesia. She's making it she up. She is completely she manipulating d- you. She fully. But also, good for her. That's kind of a badass baller move. <laughs> she fully, fully dug in to, to the amnesia story and stuck and to it. And now they're happily married with three I kids. I don't think they're married. If you went to high school with me, DM me. See if you DM me only. Don't ask me who it was because I can't remember her name. I could go get my yearbook, but DM me if you remember the girl that faked amnesia, and we'll we'll brainstorm together. Oh man, I hope with. she's listening, or even better, <laughs> I hope this dude is listening. <laughs> then, in that case, definitely DM me. I want to talk to you about <laughs> yeah. that weird. Also, incident. DM me because I have some things I'd <laughs> we, like to talk to. We you have about. some questions. I know about I don't know you, but the girl that come faked on. amnesia. That's a like you said. It's a baller move, though. It kind of is. Well, Savistano also believes another possibility is that Bryce suffered a psychotic break from the drugs he had been taking or was suffering from a mental illness. Late teens and early 20s are prime time for certain mental illnesses to appear in males. Could the combination of ADHD medicines and alcohol have exacerbated the onset symptoms of something like schizophrenia and sent Bryce into a psychotic episode? Perhaps Bryce was beginning to suffer symptoms, and that was the something he told his mom he wanted to discuss with her once he got home. Is Bryce living on the street somewhere, self-medicating his issues like so many other homeless Americans? That could be one of the scenarios where you pass. How many homeless people do you pass on the street? Daily, weekly, monthly. Too Too many, not because I'm saying that they're bothering me. Too many that we don't have a solution to this problem. Yeah, some, some sort of a program or something we can help with. But uh, if he had changed his appearance, if his hair was longer, if mm-hmm. he had a beard, you may not recognize him as the kid from the poster. millions of homeless people in L.A. And that's kind of the he might be. Yeah. yeah. So and if he had some sort of a psychotic break or and can't have doesn't have access to medicine, maybe he's taken something from the street. Mm-hmm. A large number of investigators, including Detective Sergeant Robert Martindale, who worked the case, believe Bryce voluntarily walked away from his life. Considering there was no body and the car was driven purposely to crash as it did, Bryce may have staged a suicide. He could have intentionally left behind his wallet, phone, and other belongings in order to stay off the grid. Robert Martindale looks like our friend Todd Anderton, by the way. I love Todd Anderton with my whole heart. (laughs) Well, look up Sergeant Robert Martindale because the whole time I was like, who does he remind me of? And then it finally clicked. I was like, he looks like Todd. Well, so you're saying that in the inevitable movie that we have a, someone to be cast already? 
the movie we make about this story. He does look like Todd. <laughs> we'll post a picture of our friend Todd and then side by side Robert Martin. Side by side. I'm just saying in the eventual Brian Les Pisa movie dramatization. Oh yes, yes, yes. Todd can Todd play. should play Detective Robert Martindale. Absolutely. Bryce also chose the perfect location to get away, as a nearby truck stop offered easy access to the highway and out of the state. Again, Bryce's parents refuse to believe this theory, as they say their son was happy and would never run away. But was he happy? Several users on our Unresolved Mysteries claim to know Bryce and the Lispieces and paint a much different picture than the one Karen has to the media. This is the juicy Reddit intel. Dude, I hours went on Reddit. down such a rabbit hole. Same. I spent so many hours on Reddit. Also, my new favorite thing is the R, Am I the Asshole? I love that page. Last night, I was just, Tommy was trying to sleep, and I just kept laughing out loud. <laughs> <laughs> that was one day Paris was sitting next to me on the couch, and I was reading our relationship advice, and I don't, he was working on something, and just every few minutes, I would go, girl, you need to leave him. I'd be like, boy, dump him. Dump him. Y'all need to be together. <laughs> and Paris is like, why are you yelling at your phone? It's just like, all these people need to break up. Those I felt like Liz Lemon. That's a deal breaker. Yeah. That and also on Am I an Asshole? 98% of the time, yes. Yes, you are. Sometimes they're Most not. Most of the ones I was reading, they were not. I didn't. I personally did not feel like they They, they were, were mistook for an asshole. Some of them, but maybe I'm an asshole. What made you laugh out loud? Um, it was, am I the asshole because I don't want to pick my wife up from the airport at 1230 a.m.? And that just made me laugh that somebody <laughs> took the time to, to like, ask. post this on Reddit. Uh, he was. Because, you know, they, like, rate him at the top. That's like, true. what the majority of the votes were. He was. But when he explained why. Does he have to wake up early I, for work? Yes. Oh, okay. Very. And commute. And she was flying into O'Hare girl just get a fucking uber no take the red take the blue line it runs all the time it runs straight to the city i think they lived in the suburbs Ooh, gross that sucks that's your own fault i don't know but (laughs) my uh my thing was everyone sucks here which was another another way you can vote because he didn't want to go get his wife she should have picked a better she could have just taken an uber he ended up going to get her and then he updated it saying she'd had a really terrible flight and didn't expect him to be there and then when she saw him he she burst into tears so it was worth it in the end Sometimes you're not being an asshole, but sometimes when you do the opposite of your natural instinct, you're going above and beyond. And that's when, it, you know, like in this case, people don't expect it. It's you. an unexpected pleasantry. Yeah. And maybe the world needs a couple more of those. Yeah. My favorite was this guy had been out of town for several weeks. And when he came back, his neighbor had thrown all of his cigarette butts in his garden. And he, he knew it was his neighbor because he's the only one that smokes. So the neighbor was flicking butts. Yes. Into this. Yeah. Okay. And so he said, am I the asshole? Because or, so he he went to his neighbor's house with I think he said it was 52 cigarette butts. He had to dig out by hand because they were all mixed in with the mulch, went to his neighbor's house with them all said, um, I believe these are yours. The neighbor was like, fuck you. Slam the door in his face. Wouldn't apologize or anything. So then the guy, one by one, kept mailing them back to him. <laughs> I was like, that's badass. That's really good. He was up to like 27 when finally the neighbor's wife, not even the neighbor, the wife, came over to apologize to this guy's wife. 
Not to the guy? No, and not to the, not, it wasn't man to man, it was wife to wife. Well, they're and reasonable, the wife, rational people. The wife, exactly. But the wife didn't know her husband had been doing that, and she was pissed off that he had been so petty to mail these cigarettes back. I would have. No, that's awesome. I would have given Tommy a standing ovation. Yeah, that's, that's such a good Most I, I people were like, no, you're not the asshole. That not at all. That's the asshole for sure. No, I thought you were saying you like dumped him in the mailbox, but mailing them is way One person better. was like, Put him in a balloon, blow up the balloon, let it fly over his backyard, and then pop it. <laughs> it's like that's all. Shoot very it with a BB good. gun and let it rain down. Sometimes Reddit can be great. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Well, according to the people on this thread that knew Bryce in high school, he was known to be a quote druggie. It would frequently take booze to school, where he would proceed to get drunk for days at a time. There are even rumors that he had been on probation for drug use the summer before leaving for college. Some even speculate that he had been in Buttonwillow that day waiting on his dealer that never showed. So this was a very interesting theory because I am not an addict, nor have I ever been one. It did not occur to me, but so many people on this thread that are former addicts were like, that is the very first thing I thought of why he was waiting in this town just on the side of the road. Oh, because I would never thought that. They, I thought he was kind of going through something or staring off into the distance. They said they're like, I've waited in parking lots for my dealer for hours wow. because and they're like, just you don't even want to blink because if you miss them, you know, your chance is gone. Well, well, then wouldn't there be phone records? That was the argument. Text, phone well, calls. Well, some said, why weren't there texts? Some said maybe he had a burner phone. Mm. And that's what he took out of the unzipped duffel bag. Could have been. <gasps> Problem solved. Could have been. I don't know. I think he would have had the burner phone up with him, though, not in the duffel bag. That's true. I've never met a drug dealer, so I don't know if they're punctual. Uh, I'm revealing a lot about myself in this episode. <laughs> you're like, fuck it. I mean, I think they're like anybody. Some are, some are. It's true. Some people are punctual. But, you know. Mike Birbiglia, some are on-time people and some are late people. <laughs> and it applies to drug dealers. But a lot of drug dealers... I would say most are also drug users. True, true, true. So uh, a lot of drug users are not reliable and, you know, you can't count them a lot of the time. So if Dance somebody you're relying to bring you drugs is also on drugs, you might see where this is you going. can't get good help these yeah. days. <laughs> so I don't know. I I don't uh, – And people were like the dealer may have even shown up and got spooked because the tire guy was involved. Yeah. The police were involved. Well, and one of the times that the police are talking to him, if the dealer drives by, yeah. he's going to keep driving. Yeah. So, excuse me, That's officers, theory. pardon me, I'm trying to make a sale. <laughs> I hadn't really thought of that, but multiple people were wow. like, first thing I thought of as a former like, user. Oh, he's probably just waiting for a drug yeah. dealer. Interesting. But also people were like, why would it be in this small town of That's 1,200? I don't know. I don't know. Unless maybe his dealer was someone from back home and he was meeting, meeting them halfway. halfway. That makes more sense. While Karen has always maintained she and her husband had a wonderful and open relationship with their son, some that know them say it was quite the opposite. Reddit user The Anonymous Hooligan claims to know Karen and calls her, quote, an unrepentant psycho, and that she would say or do anything to avoid causing embarrassment to herself. She goes on to say that the Lispisa house was not a happy home, but one filled with emotional and verbal abuse. So that may be reason why he wouldn't want to come back. I... From, you know, and again, this is all Reddit stuff. Sometimes it's a credible source, but I don't, I, we're not going on record saying this is fact, no. but it is speculation and could very well be true and answer some questions why his parents weren't getting in the car and going to find him. 
because they, if he was a drug addict and they were maybe used to this type of behavior. It's embarrassing or. Yeah. They don't want to cause attention to it, but also they're kind of like, well, he's done this before. Yeah. You know, maybe it wasn't the first time type of thing. But yeah, on Reddit, you know, it could be a firsthand source and it could be just people making stuff up. Sure. Absolutely. Did someone possibly run Bryce off the road? Was he picked up by a devious trucker? Investigators found no nearby tracks, so it indicated another vehicle had been nearby. As for who picked Bryce up at the truck stop, it could be anybody's guess. No one can say what happened to Bryce after he walked away from the accident and to that truck stop on the other side of the dam. Some believe Bryce died at the scene, or shortly thereafter, as there are no signs that Bryce was killed in the accident and a search of the lake and surrounding area turned up no sign of a body, this theory may be the weakest. Bryce could have left town with a trucker and met an unfortunate fate somewhere else, but police simply do not have any evidence to support this. You think about where Ted Bundy, you know, he would be off driving and he could, it didn't have to be a trucker that stopped at the truck stop. It could have been anyone sure. that he wandered in the car with and something Crime unfortunate happened and, and he's off, you know, his, unfortunately, his remains may be out off of a Total, highway somewhere yeah. and or you just would never different find different state where you yes. wouldn't even make that connection yeah well karen and mike laspisa continue to search for their son and follow up on leads the fine bryce laspisa facebook page has nearly thirty thousand members many of whom provide possible sightings tips on his potential whereabouts and pictures of homeless men they think may be bryce a psychic even left a comment with directions for where she believed he could be found Bryce's fingerprints, social security number, passport, and driver's license information are all in the nationwide missing person systems. It's been nearly six years since Bryce went missing, and there has never been a hit. In addition, he has never made an attempt to sign into any type of account, and as far as detectives know, the passwords have never changed. If Bryce is still alive, he has managed to stay completely off the grid. Man, you imagine that get rid of Facebook? I would love it. <laughs> I would love if social media... I talk about this all the time. If it just poofed? if uh, It would be, I think, the best thing that could happen. Wow. Maybe not the best thing, but it would be like kids that are growing up now don't remember life without it. We didn't have all that when I was in high school. The other day, my and iPhone. it was a happier time. I was going to say, I had a day without an iPhone the other day. My phone just, for no reason, just broke. It just didn't work anymore. And I had to take it to the Apple store on a fucking saturday i had to go to the mall and Kill i me. just was oh it was the worst parking was awful you just people just rub up against you i don't understand why the apple store is constantly crowded it is what like, are you looking at in there it looks like a, a bizarre and it's it's ridiculous an Nothing, open market no, a phone no phone is that exciting just buy it on the internet it doesn't make any sense and i tried me. to do online tech support and they said oh, we're so sorry we have to t- send you to the stores or anything we could do i said come to my home please don't make me go there so i went there and they ended up fixing it they just erased it and just started it back up but in the interim time as i left my house normally i have my gps on my phone Mm -hmm. i usually have messages will be popping in as i'm trying to drive i'll have spotify going i listen to terrestrial radio listen to some cool oldies like old kind of rock from the 70s just jamming while i was driving 8.7 i was listening to uh 92.5 92.5 KZPS, oh, nice. yeah. you know, listen to a little bit of Doors, some Pink Floyd. I was listening to some Fleetwood Mac and the Eagle. It was nice. Just driving. I had to just remember. That's what I listened to on my Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I had to remind myself how to get to the mall. It yeah. was just a very. That would have been challenging for me. It was. It took me a really long time. And I couldn't pay with my app at Starbucks, so I didn't get my points. But then at the mall, I didn't know which side of the mall the Apple store was on. And I thought, you know, I should have looked before I left. But 
now that you have a phone, you really get spoiled mm-hmm. that you can just do it in the parking lot or whatever. Man, it was odd a day with the, and eventually I got it back, turned back on, but you just forget how I said, I forget how stupid I've made myself with this device. Yeah. That I just have notes in there. I rely on a lot of passwords or, you know, pre-saved. You can do it with your, your passcode or whatever, your face ID. But it's, I've really made myself quite stupid. <laughs> the other day, my friend Ray said, I know this is going to be a stupid question. I'm, I'm going to ask it anyways. But what did people do before GPS and smartphones? MapQuest. And, and then I before said, that, Maps Go. You would print out directions at home off MapQuest and then take the directions with you. Mm-hmm. And he said, even before cell phones and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, what did you do if you got lost? I was like, you pulled over or you just kept driving around you trying turn, to you find. You just had to literally just turn back around and try I to said, find that turn. Because in high school, I didn't have a cell phone. I, we didn't have, like, I obviously didn't have gps i had a nokia like where you, you to text you had to go like a b yeah C, yeah and there was no gps right. you could call and stuff but well i had a beeper in high school my sister had a beeper yeah it was it got stolen teal. out in front of the foley's oh she had a gold chain and everything she let her friend laura wear it don't oh. let don't lend your beeper out is a lesson i learned no even with a gold chain and, and then somebody <laughs> yanked it off her <laughs> your chain clip that the very she bought it at the very mall from which it was stolen oh gosh I would drive around crying a lot because <laughs> I lost. Yeah. And I, it scares <laughs> me when I get lost and I don't have a good sense of direction. So uh, I was like, the best thing that's happened to me with phones is GPS. Is GPS. I do love rerouting where it's the found worst you. thing is social media. <laughs> and I feel that way about a lot of people. Like I, high school was so difficult. I cannot imagine having the added layer of Instagram and Facebook and all the other things. No. That, I don't even TikTok I, kill me like all of these things. Like I hate when that I was Ella's going to have to deal with it. Yes, we had to deal with. So I had Zanga and Live Journal in high school, mm-hmm. which people would bully, uh, I, you know, bully people on there. And that was only an, an AOL instant messenger. And also that's where the kid told me. I said, will you be my boyfriend? He said, yes. And I said, really? And he said, when you lose 100 pounds and get cool. Oh, I haven't, I haven't told that story on here. I don't think so. He did the old bait and switch because I said, will you be my boyfriend? And he said, yes, which is was so great. Was it somebody you knew? Yeah. Yeah. He was. Uh, this is why social media is the devil. Yeah. So this was. So I was 15. Oh, I was 16 when that happened. But that was all computer based. So I could get up and walk away. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, jog. I had instant messenger. But it's like you now as a kid, you have this phone. And if someone's cyberbullying you or whatever, yeah. you just get a constant barrage. Mm-hmm. And there's like 18 different apps on which they may torment you. And then you get to see all your friends leaving you out of stuff. And yes. Trashing you tag on social her media. And me, but don't tag yeah. so and so. There's so many horrible ways I kids was bullied. Get bullied on kids there. used notebook paper and pencil to bully me. And I can't and that was just, you know, you tear up the paper or whatever. But I can't imagine now Man, the internet and, and then phones. kids send pictures they should not be sending. At PSA: That is trafficking in child pornography. Even if the recipient's also a child, don't do that. You will be a sex offender. Don't and it's out that. there forever, forever, and they show it to all their friends. Yes, forward it around. Well, that being said, I would. You said, "What if Facebook just disappeared and went poof?" Greatest thing that could happen to <laughs> you wouldn't be bad to society. Well, Detective Martindale is convinced Bryce is alive, but doesn't want to be found. I know in my heart he's out there somewhere. I just don't know where. 
Martindale also believes that answering one question would be the key to finding Bryce. What did he want to talk to his mother about? There has been so much speculation about this. Was he suffering from mental health problems and wanted to seek help from his family? Had he relapsed into drug use, as some say he was prone to do? Was he planning on coming out to his parents, which may also explain his sudden breakup with Kim? Did he plan on dropping out of school and moving away? Whatever the subject matter, Martindale believes this is what caused him to walk away from his life. Okay, I want to hear your theory. So what do we think? Okay, I believe at first I, well, okay, I believe that he was planning on killing himself and he was circling the lake probably to gain courage. I think he was, he had driven, I think this could have been caused by the medication that he was unnecessarily taken with the alcohol. I think it caused, I, I, another girl on Reddit was saying she is prescribed Vyvanse and is supposed to take it. So it regulates her, but she admitted she shouldn't be doing this. Occasionally when needing to study for finals, she would take an extra one. And she said she would have occasionally what she would call episodes where she would go blind and hallucinate and kind of be aware of what she was doing, but couldn't really stop it. And then later she would just be traumatized at the type of behavior that she had because she could remember what had happened. So, and she even, she's gone to doctors about it. They can't really explain what's going on, but it's alarming and stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, another reason to medic, to follow all the medication, the way you're supposed to be taking it. So this drug, when taken incorrectly, can have really bad side effects. If he's drinking a lot and taking this, and then we see this erratic behavior start with the roommate and then the girlfriend. I think he starts driving home. Maybe he doesn't even know what he's doing. Or maybe he wants to just get away and get home. Then he runs out of gas. Mm -hmm. And I think he also was planning to maybe kill himself. And he's just sitting there kind of contemplating that trying to get for hours like you said get the courage or think about or it. just thinking it all through he's also i think he's fucked up mm -hmm. he's on drugs he's sleep deprived i don't think he's thinking straight what's interesting is he seems lucid when everybody's talking to everybody him. talks to him but that could be you know i mean he maybe he was just suicidal and he was wasn't trying on to drugs, yeah. yeah i think he was on drugs but yes. maybe they had like worn off enough think he was driving around the lake to get the courage up to do it he did it it didn't go the way he planned so then he walked to the truck stop and hitched a ride out of there and now he's alive somewhere that's what i'm not sure of do you I think, think that he like got out of the car thinking oh man i tried to kill myself my name's bryce and i'm a college student and i'm gonna walk to the truck stop or he got out of the car like well i'm gonna take off walking in that direction i don't know who i am or where i'm going you mean do i think he suffered a head injury that led yeah. to amnesia? Or do you think he consciously decided to walk to the truck? I think he consciously decided. But part of me wonders, well, no, because he, the, the dogs tracked him to the truck stop. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, part of me wonders if maybe he had tried to like go to the lake to finish the deed. Because it's interesting if he was trying to kill himself, why he wouldn't have just gone and done it. Mm -hmm. Maybe he had some sort of clarity. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What I don't know is if he's still alive today. Mm -hmm. At first, I thought he was. 
But the more I think about it, nine, eight, nine years of nothing popping up in a system, you got to be real, real off the grid. And if he is living among the homeless population or something, I guess that's possible. Yeah, that's true. It would, Or he's living off like on some commune somewhere. A lot of people claim to have had sightings in the Oregon area. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people claim to have sightings in the L.A. area, but none of them have panned out to me. He has a huge tattoo on one of his arms that's, uh, you know, pretty obvious, pretty obvious. So there's even in that Facebook group, people have posted pictures and like asked the homeless man, can you lift up your sleeve so I can see if you have this tattoo? And they oblige. Yeah. So his parents are always like, no, that's not him. Wow. So, yeah. But I do think he... If he is alive, I think he I think police have found him mm-hmm. and are voluntarily respecting his wishes of not revealing his location. Well, that OK, which is why they say, I believe the case is closed and it's voluntarily missing is how it's listed. Wow. So I think he could be alive and they have found him and they are just he's an adult. He doesn't have to go back home. True. What do you think? Well, that the until I was just slightly disagreeing with you until that very last bit, because I completely agree. I think he did try to drive off the embankment purposefully, like he did do it purposely. I think when he landed that at first I thought he landed and probably had a head injury and just wandered to the truck stop. Mm. But the last bit that you just said about the voluntarily missing, if those things were true that he did not have the best relationship with his parents. Mm-hmm. He felt pressured to be in college. So he was trying to take these medicines to do better in school. Then he's thinking, there's no way out. There's, I have no way out. Oh my God. Like I have to kill myself because there's no way out, out of this situation. Drives off the embankment, crashes and has the realization like, Oh shit, I didn't want to die. I just don't want to go back to college or home. Yeah. Goes and tries to find a place to, to hitch. And then, like you said, some police in Oregon or somebody found him and he said, I just don't want to go home. Mm-hmm. I'm not missing. And please don't expend any more resources on me. So until you said that last part, I was thinking he maybe was had some sort of like amnesia and then was in the homeless population. Mm-hmm. But s- seeing as how that's an option that you could just say, yeah, don't tell my family where I'm at. And from what and I could be wrong, but from the research I did they do not if they're not required by law to tell the family no I, if he was a minor then yes correct so i don't know i mean i feel like the parents know more than they're letting on in the embarrassment all, factor in all the interviews i've seen clearly they're upset and remorseful the behavior is odd though especially the mother just the way she talks about him her mannerisms and everything it seems a bit fake I think that they knew he had a drug problem. Mm-hmm. They tried to keep it under wraps. They didn't want to tell the cops because they didn't want him Embarrassment. Just being treated as a druggie or getting out in the media and everything. So I think that perhaps this wasn't that uncommon or they were just trying to like brush it under the rug. I still, regardless of what was going on, I think if they thought he was on drugs, that's even more of a reason to get in your car and go get him. I will never understand why somebody did not get in their car and go get him. And I bet they still regret it. Oh, I'm sure that they do. I wonder if they know he is alive and they just... It's embarrassing. ...are keeping up the facade. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Well, let us know what you think. Yeah, it's a crazy case that has a lot of 
different uh, theories and opinions on the internet. So definitely, it's a big rabbit hole if you want to go down it. <laughs> yeah, it check out the Reddit threads. Is. Yes. We are thrilled to announce that on August 22nd at Terra Bang Books in Dallas, Texas, we have the honor of interviewing acclaimed true crime writer and co-host of the podcast Murder Squad, Billy Jensen, about his new book, Chase Darkness With Me. We would love to see you there. Information can be found at SinisterHood.com forward slash links. We also have an upcoming improv comedy show with our troupe, The Cult. It's going to be on August 17th at 10 p.m., the grand opening weekend of the new location of Dallas Comedy House. Information on that can also be found at SinisterHood.com forward slash links. Sinisterhood will always remain free, but if you wish to donate to our Patreon to help offset the cost of making and hosting the show, you can visit SinisterHood.com and click on Patreon in the top right corner. You'll get some sweet perks like Patreon-exclusive content, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group, a special shout-out on the show, and a monthly bonus mini-sode. And make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. If you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag for yourself, like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Shop in the top right corner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and subscribe on iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast, and tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps small podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Christy, where are you at? I am on Twitter at Christy or GTFO and on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace. Heather? I'm on Instagram at Heather versus the world and on Twitter at MCK versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your Patreon shoutouts. Jenny A. Heather Judd. What's up, Heather? Ashley Eubanks. Emily LeCure. Megan Anson. Lindsay Wilson. Mackenzie. Thank you so much. We really appreciate the support. We could not do this without you. Thank you so much. Keep it creepy. Wahahaha. Sinister. Hood.